0: Hello and welcome to an undisclosed location. This is Murder Incorporated. Hi, I'm Buddy. And I'm Harley. And we're back with Dean the Candyman Coral, one sick, twisted individual who is dead now. And we are talking about his horrible, horrible sidekicks that are in jail. And uh, yeah, let's see where we left off, Harley. Why don't you start? Buddy, oh my God! I don't know if I've ever said this, but that was amazing.
1: That's just fantastic. It you know, warms my heart. You know, really.
0: Yeah, I hope it gives you tingles. You know,
1: just if I had somebody that was going to jump off a building, I would play your intro, and they would get, they would just pull back, and they wouldn't jump.
0: That's you how good so? it is. Yeah, is that good.
1: Huh? That right. good. I'm glad.
0: So, buddy, I know that they're doing a great job. They're doing the Boys in Blue are great.
1: Yes, they are in Houston at least. So let's talk about that a little. The Homicide Division. You know, they had to tie up some loose ends, but not every detective, and when I say not every detective, none of the detectives, actually, I should have wrote, said that they wanted to go after these, find out more victims, and stuff like that.
0: And they were just overwhelmed with it.
1: And because they were male whores out there for some quick money, buddy. Do you know that? That's that's what the cops said.
0: Oh, okay. I'm fine. That's what they were saying? Yeah. (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs)
1: <laughs> those those kids were what you call little turds. Most of them. Is that a quote? Yeah, that's a quote. Jesus. Houston police department <laughs> police records. Several had nutty parents.
0: It doesn't matter. <laughs> They're human lives.
1: It's really unbelievable, buddy. Like so disrespectful.
0: Yeah, you ain't kidding.
1: So disrespectful, and I mean, were we able to cover every single child? No, but we covered a lot of them. And yeah, we tried to. None not of we them missed. were not missed. No, like, every single one was missed. Yeah, so. It's really disrespectful, man. Oh my god! So they interview a Heights boy who, right after the killing, and he was quoted saying that Wayne Henley kept asking him if he could contact any boys that the type that wouldn't be missed too much, you know, buddy. Wow. Um, he wanted boys that their their their
0: parents wouldn't raise a fuss. Well, at least he was looking out for you know the better human race out there, the better the better uh, boys, if you will. Yeah. Yeah, so so he was doing something. He's a real hero. Yeah, he real really hero. was. He's a real hero.
1: And this is a quote, buddy, from a detective. I've got live cases to work on where the murderers are at large right now and could kill again. Why should I fuck with this coral
0: thing? Wow. Wow. Yeah, it's, it's, it's your job. You should probably do your job, you know, protect and serve.
1: They just wanted to move on. You know what I mean? They got him. He's dead, right? They got Henley. They got Brooks. They want to move on. Oh, everybody wants to move on. I mean, everybody in the police department. That's because they realize they screwed up so bad. Yeah. So they just want to sweep it under the rug, that's all. Yeah, exactly. Officers working the street were taking the cue from their superiors back at headquarters. And they're like, this is another quote, buddy. I don't know if we found all the bodies or not. Probably not. Probably won't ever. What difference does it make? Oh, my God. (laughs) Other than it may be some satisfaction to the parents of missing
0: kids. Oh, yeah. It's only, you know, their child, you know. That's it. Then no, just kids, yeah, just, 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 you know, whatever. They've been missing for three or four years. Move on. Oh my god,
1: <laughs> that's sad, man. That it is, is so really sad. sad. If I was reading this and that was my child, I don't even know how. You know what I mean? Like, I'd lose it. I, I would lose mean, it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. This is not a. Uh, this is a tearjerker. It really is. This whole, yeah. this whole Jean Coral series, you know. Mm-hmm. And thousands of Houston kids were missing and completely out of touch with parents, and many of them came from the heights. So this, like we talked about, you know, this is not a big area, but it is high, highly populated, right. densely populated. Yeah. And here's another quote. There's other bodies somewhere. I have no idea where, and we'll never know. I can't even prove it, but it's my opinion. Like, we could be digging for the next two years if we had enough men, but then we wouldn't be keeping up with the homicides that are going on now. The only reason we can say this case goes back three or four years is Henley and Brooks. And... But perhaps it went back farther three years even in the past morning. And now he's dead. We'll never know. So, I'd say these guys are on it.
0: Yeah, that's true, too. You know, like they're... I mean, to a point, I do kind of understand where they're, you know, they don't have an exact spot to dig. The, the fact in the spot that they do know nowhere to dig, they should keep, you know, yeah. the bodies. But I guess they can't be, like, I, I understand what he's saying, you know, they can't be digging in every random spot. Um, but they have good intel from people that were there.
1: Yeah, I do get it. Like, okay, you have X amount of cops, you can Mm -hmm. do X amount of police work in a day, right? right So it it, this guy's already dead. I do get that part of it, but it's like if I knew all of them really were doing police work, right? You know what I mean, right?
0: Yeah,
1: or solving crimes, or you know, whatever, doing something good. I just don't buy it. Mm -hmm. I just feel like it. They don't want to dig more because it just makes them look so bad. Like you said, you know, yeah. So, and the lawyer for Henley said, you know what, Coral might have killed, as far as I know, 200, 300, 400 boys. That's from Wayne Henley's lawyer. Really? And there's nothing to back this up, but it just yeah. goes to show, like, everyone knew that 27 was not the number. Right. And that's yeah. Yeah, pretty sad. So, they have, like, a meeting at a Baptist church, and... This was the the point behind this meeting was basically to bash homosexuals for mm-hmm. bringing this upon this town, and a man suggested that the problems of the Heights would never be solved until the neighborhood purged itself of suspicious characters, and you know what they mean by that. Mm-hmm. Immediately, there's a visitor from out of town, and he made an appeal, like trying to tell them that Coral wasn't suspicious looking. Henley and Brooks weren't suspicious looking. You're wasting your time trying to figure out
0: who's suspicious. Right, exactly. Anyone can perform such horrible acts, you never know.
1: And nobody wanted to hear from this guy because he was a homosexual. Ah. So they're just bashing him, basically, and they're like, okay, you're done, you know. And it's really I can't imagine being gay this time. I mean, we talked about it before. I mean, yeah. this is just so Mrs. Fred Hilegeist raised her hand for permission to speak. And the crowd immediately knew who she was and gave her a round of applause. She said, I'd just like to say that nothing that's been said here has anything to do with me. And she starts trying. She's on like the edge of madness right now, you know. Mm-hmm. My child is not a runaway. He's not a bad boy. He went out walking to the swimming pool and he was killed. We haven't talked about that. We haven't talked about their innocence. We might as well give up hope if we can't let our children have the beauty they were meant to have. Mm-hmm. And she just loses it at this point, and her husband comes and grabs her. Mm -hmm. But it's like, it's just horrible. So they close the meeting with a prayer. Now, buddy, we get to Betty Cobble, the mother of one of the last murder victims. She went right back to work delivering flowers. She said, if I were to give in to my feelings, I wouldn't be able to get a hold of myself again. She, She delivered the flowers for the other boys' funerals. Oh, my God. She just prayed that they wouldn't have her... That she wouldn't be delivering it for her own son, Charles. Right, Charles right, which she, yeah. she didn't, but... Oh, I can't even imagine. Jeez. And that's the thing, like, a lot of times, we, we, we're we guilty of it, too. You talk about the killer, you talk about he's he's captured, it's over, right? Yeah, but it's not. This was a good case to exp- expand upon it, you know, that this just goes on, and on, and on. Yeah. They right? never
0: answer some of these people.
1: Yeah. And the Cobbles ha- had no services for their sons. Really? They cremated him and brought him home. And... Betty had remembered a remark Charles had made as a kid. He said that he wanted to be cremated and he wanted his ashes put in a pirate's chest lined with blue velvet. That's so
0: cute. Wow, that's that's especially for being young, you know, kid to, Yeah, mean, that's it, oddly it's, specific. Yeah. I it's I mean it, it a pirate's chest that's like perfect for a child, but um for a child to say it should yeah, never happen. Weird. You know that is yeah, but, that is weird. Well, I mean you as a child, you love pirates, you love you know, this and that. but yeah. for, for them to say, oh, yeah, you know, I want to be cremated. It's kind of young to think about that. But I guess as when I was younger, I probably thought about that, too. Just I, stupid things.
1: I could see it happening, you know. Yeah, I never I know, did it, I got, but I could definitely see it happening.
0: Yeah, I could see that.
1: So his dad found a humidor for cigars. And this was like a nice, it was hand-tooled in Italy and covered in leather. Okay. And Betty looked all over town. For Blue Velvet, and finally found it. Mm -hmm. Vern Cobble found that his professionalism at work was just a wreck. Yeah. He was a wreck. Almost every night, he had to take off early. And then pretty soon, Vern was only working an hour or two and then leaving. Too nervous about just life in general and his son and too upset. Yeah, I can see that. So then, for a while, he stayed home and tinkered with an old Mustang that he had bought for Charles.
0: Okay.
1: That's really tragic. Yeah. And this is a quote. He said, I took the transmission and the clutch and everything. I was out of that thing at least twice and put it back just to have something to do. Oh, jeez, Just to clear my mind. Mm-hmm. But he said it did not work because he had thoughts of guilt for the things he didn't do for Charles. Mm-hmm. I'd always have two or three jobs and I didn't have enough time to spend with him. Mm-hmm. Now, I know you should spend as much time as you can with your, with your boy, even at the expense of your job, your business, even if you have to let him go a little hungry, or you don't have nice furniture. Just go sit on an apple crate, but you can't get your son back.
0: That's awful. That's really really that's awful. So tragic. I mean, and that's that's the whole thing, you know. Especially with your kids, you never know. You never know something horrible could happen. Yeah. And how are you going to look at yourself? You know, I think about that when my kids are watching TV, and I'm like, they really sh- we should be doing something. Yeah, you know. Yep, I'm just like you. Never give this time back. Yeah, Uh, for
1: some people, they it's like the the winning the worst lottery ever. You know, it's not very the chances of it happening are low. But it's like it does happen, and these people have to live with this every freaking day after. Uh Especially, I think it's almost worse if you have other kids. Maybe they help you, but you got to put on that face and still go to everything, and Uh like your kids are going to school plays at the same school that your son went to, and then everything reminds you of him. If you have yeah. other kids, he's got it. Yeah. Yeah, it's rough. So one day, the distressed man jumped into his car and just began driving. He sped north for 60 miles, then turned around and headed for Mexico. He stopped at Matamoros, and he didn't even walk around. He didn't know anybody, he said. Nobody spoke English, and he didn't speak Spanish. So he just walked around and thought about what's going on and reflected, you know. Mm-hmm. And he said that, like, eventually he started to feel better. He drove a 1,000 miles in three days before he went home. And he just had time to think the whole thing through, you know. And he came to the realization that Charles was a very, very sensitive boy. And nobody could be expected to understand him all the time. And he said that he read a phrase somewhere about the sound of a different drummer. And it reminded him of Charles. Charles was just tuned into a different generation. And I just couldn't understand. Huh. He said that he decided there wasn't anything that he could have done about what happened. And he had to pick up and move on. Mm-hmm. And so he returned to work the next day.
0: Okay.
1: I think a lot of people in that situation have that yeah, moment, you know. Like, yeah, the
0: moment of the aha epiphany about your life. Yeah, I hear you. And he, I mean, you almost have to. I well, mean, unless you're, you're going like, to kill yourself. You yeah. know what I mean? There's yeah. It's like, just like I talked to my
1: wife about, like, if my wife died, right? Mm-hmm. In my head, I'm done. I'm never. I'm never gonna see anybody else again. And in my head, if I died, she would never see. Me. But realistically, yeah, you have to move on. Mm-hmm. You know, you have if you, to.
0: If you want to keep living, exactly, yeah.
1: exactly. It's kind of cold,
0: but it's true. Yeah, absolutely. It, it's it's cold in the the way you think about it, but it, it's it's just life, though. It's just the way things happen. You just got to kind of live with it. It's not really cold at all. It's more. Warm, even it's it's more like just you want to live, you know, and you have other to. And, and you would expect the other person to live, you know. I mean, that would be my wish for my wife if I die, just you know, yeah, mourn me for a little while and then move on. Yeah, yeah, I would
1: never you know? want my wife to be miserable till the day she because yeah. it wouldn't bring me back. No, if I thought it'd bring me back, uh, maybe, but it's never <laughs> going right. to, him. yeah. So, that's exactly it, yeah. So, Horace Jimmy Lawrence sat in his empty house. All of his furniture was gone in this like little house, and he said he just kept going, and he put his trust in the Lord, and life has to go on, like we just said. Billy wouldn't want me to give up, he said, and he had other kids. you know. Mm-hmm. His other son telephoned, and the father ended the conversation with the same words, that he will forever speak to his son, "Is um, that he'll forever speak to his son, son, I love you. Short and sweet, but I like it. It's yep. so sad, too. This is this is something you see. I've only ever seen in movies, but when Billy's room was just left exactly like it was, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. um, undisturbed. Right. So the man held up a newspaper with Elmer uh, Wayne Henley and David Brooks on the front page, of course. Mm-hmm. And he said he held no malice towards the young man in jail. He said, it's not my place to pass judgment. Only God has that Right. Then he did a quote, Vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. After Billy's funeral, he went down to see Miss Henley. And he wanted her to know that he had no animosity towards her or the boys. Mm-hmm. He felt sorry for her mm-hmm. and told her that if there was anything that he could do to ease her burden, feel free to call.
0: Talk about turning the other cheek.
1: He said he that meant it, is, too.
0: That guy is that guy is a saint there.
1: Yeah, it really is like, yeah, I couldn't do it. You know, no, that's the thing. Like I couldn't
0: do it either. I'm not very religious, but th- it gives
1: you strength sometimes that you wouldn't normally have. Oh, you know? I'm not religious either, but I would love to be. Well, me too. I, me <laughs> too. I feel like
0: <laughs> I feel like that that would just give me more of a purpose to live.
1: <laughs> I 100% wish I would. Yeah. I'm spiritual. Yeah. So I'm not, you so, know. So I'm
0: not, yeah.
1: And I don't pretend to know it all, but the, I just, I love hearing things like this. Yeah. You know, because his heart's a lot lighter than mine would be. Uh-huh. So, you know, and she just broke down. Uh bawling, you Uh know, like she could not believe that he was even in her house. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so this is a really good, heartwarming story, buddy. Murder Incorporated presents heartwarming (laughs) stories. (laughs) That's funny. So he's driving, he gets pulled over, and his sticker is expired. Uh And he said, oh, I've had so many problems the last few weeks, I just forgot about the sticker. And the cop's like, your name sounds familiar. And he's like, well, I guess so. I have been on television and radio in the newspapers for the last few weeks. My son was one of those that got murdered, and he said, "Yeah, I hear something like that every day." And I wrote him the ticket. Jeez, oh,
0: isn't that horrible? I, I thought it was really going to be a heartwarming story. Oh no, it's not. <laughs> and, sorry, <laughs> and he had me on the edge of my seat, man. I'm I was already. Right. I'm
1: sorry. Talk so, about a
0: total letdown.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and Jimmy, actually, you know what? He shook his hand anyway, but he did say there are pricks in every business. Yeah, <laughs> Yeah. <right. laughs> It's pretty funny. So, Billy Jean Balch, the truck driver that we talked about. Uh-huh. And he had lost two sons to murder and another to a car accident.
0: Uh-huh. I do remember this guy.
1: So, he had talked about how he had been called to the coroner's office to assist in the identification of his sons, Billy and Tony. Jeez. And he said, Bones, it's hell to see your sons bone by bone. Whew. I couldn't, I, I would, Jesse would have to go.
0: No, I, I, I mean, really. I I don't even know what I would, I wouldn't even want to think about. It. Yeah, it's really not worth the thinking about. <laughs> exactly.
1: It's like the thing is, though, that you could, you could do, hear a story about this and, and you could take the negative, of all of it, and then you're negative. Or you can say, you know, I mean, I know it sounds horrible. That's not my kid. I get to spend time with my kids, I get to do everything with them. Mm-hmm. Like, it makes me so grateful of where I live and my yeah. life that I have.
0: Yeah, I agree.
1: Because it could be ripped away. Mm-hmm. Like horribly.
0: So I'm, I'm just grateful. Right. Yep. You are 100% right. And we he take for- it all for granted, you know? Yeah, we do. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: People like this are a good part of the story, you know, that he forgives them and he's moving on in this life and he's got, you know, God to help him move on. Yeah. You know? Yeah. That would not be me. I would be mm-hmm. bitter. Mm hmm. Me too. Um,
0: I'm already bitter, you know? <laughs> I
1: don't need to. Yeah. It's like just when you think you can't get more cynical. <laughs> exactly. For several days, Balch had been asking the police to dig around the side in the back of the shed where Dean Coral had lived five years earlier. So cops kept telling him, oh, somebody's coming, somebody's coming, but mm. they never came.
0: Of course they didn't.
1: But nope, we don't want to dig them up, buddy. Of course not.
0: It's it's done and
1: over with for them. Yeah, really, that's exactly like the perfect way of saying it, it's done and over with. All right. Three blocks away, Gerald Oncala was pretty pissed off over an experience at the police headquarters. So he carried pictures of Johnny up there. Mm-hmm. A couple days after all, everything had come out. And I asked the detective to show him to David Brooks, show the pictures to David Brooks. You know what the detective said? What? Yeah, he says they killed this punk too, to his father. It's so like That's freaking horrible. He's talking the
0: cop didn't get hit. Yeah, I would you know be punching I mean? a cop right there. I wouldn't care what the repercussion was.
1: Yeah, that's just messed up. So, but he was a good man. He said he probably didn't know I'm the dad. Yep. Yeah. I doubt that. But. Yeah. On Kala, Johnny DeLome were identified to the medical examiners Like that it was him, satisfaction. When word came, Gerald was in the process of jacking a house that he had moved, and it had to be in the ground, or on the ground and whatever they do to houses, for him to get the money so that he could bury Johnny. Oh, my okay. God. So... He worked on the house till nine PM, and then drove all night with his wife to Crowley, Louisiana. This is where their family traditionally buried its dead. It's mm-hmm. so like God, just to be able to pay for the funeral. Yeah, exactly. So, well, funerals aren't cheap. No. So it's awful. Like I said, a heartwarming story today, buddy. Yeah, that's right. So this was a burial plot that his grandfather had willed to him for the whole family—plots for everybody. It happened to me. And they said that they were so poor that if, if they didn't have that place to bury him, they'd have nowhere to go. So, Gerald is upset. He wants to see the body. Mm-hmm. And the funeral director is like, why? You want to see the body? And he's like, "I don't." for whatever reason, he thinks it's not his kid. Mm-hmm. He says, it's not my boy. Now, if I could see the hair, even though it changed color, I could visualize what his head looked like. And if I could see his teeth, it would, it would satisfy me. Mm-hmm. So, he's losing it. You know, mm-hmm. how would you know? Um, the mortician pulled out a three foot plastic sack that this is how it was shipped from the police department, and he's like, "Let me open it up and see what condition he's in." And he said, "Because I haven't, I haven't even opened it. I just took their word that there's a body in there, right, right." And I wouldn't want you to see something that you're never going to be able to unsee. So a few minutes later, the funeral director told the the dad, and this is his stepdad. This, but he raised him, you know. So, he goes into the abominium room, and he's like, there's just bone scattered, and the jawbone was cut off right under the nose. No jawbone, no hair. There was a bullet hole right in his forehead, no hair, and no jawbone, no teeth at all. So, now he's thinking something's up, you know. And But he didn't say anything through the services and the burial for his wife's sake, you know. But he hurried back home to get money to continue to search for his Johnny. Oh, really? He said he'd never stop, and... No, he said that those bones were not my boy. My boy's walking someplace, he's alive, he's well, and I'm going to find him. Or he'll come back home on his own. And he said how he knows is he dreamt about Johnny. Uh And that means something. His mother was sitting in my pickup truck, and Johnny came from behind a building. And I said, Johnny, what do you want? And Eunice got out of the truck and hugged him, and she said, won't you come home? And he said, well, I'll come home if you promise not to beat the hell out of me. And that was that was the dream, and he's like, "I wouldn't have that dream if he was dead." I
0: wish that was true. Me too. Me too. I really do. I would assume that Johnny never showed up. No, that's that's so sad. And the hope that he, I don't know, you can't let go. You know, if you're gonna hold that hope, especially for, I would assume his mother, you know, his wife, just holding that hope in there isn't good.
1: That is the question. You know, would you want to know? Exactly. It's like.
0: I I always thought I would. But the more we do the
1: podcast, I kinda don't want I wouldn't want to know. Unless it was like like I said, if it was if the guy's caught, whatever, I don't want to know. But if he's out there somewhere and it could help solve his the other yeah, people, yeah. then
0: but I, I just that's that's hard to that's hard to think. I mean you, in my mind, that's what I would think is you can't if you're gonna hold on hope you do know you can't move on if you just keep on holding them on, on. Yeah,
1: on it definitely would be hard to move on. Definitely. Yeah. You'd definitely be living the rest of your life with this attached yeah yeah i mean yeah
0: but denial is a
1: strong thing you know yes it It really is i remember my father-in-law died just a quick story and you know that i didn't have a father figure Mm -hmm. or the one i did was a nightmare and the time that i spent with my father-in-law was like he became like a dad to me Mm -hmm. and when jesse called me and said the first time she calls and says they're doing cpr you know i'm like what he literally was fine all day i'm like I just couldn't even wrap my head around it. It was like, yeah. why would she lie like this? And then then it clicked in my head like, oh, my God, this is her dad. I, I can't, you know, it's not about me. Yeah. And then she called back again and said that I just couldn't. I'm like, just tell them to keep doing it, and then he'll come back. She's like, I did for five minutes or however long. Oh, uh, And so I, that denial, I mean, that's nothing like losing a son. I know that. I know yeah. that. You know, but that's the greatest loss of my life my father-in-law so and i just didn't i'm like jesse they could just bring him back i really believed it i'm like they could just bring him back if they just do cbr longer he'll come back you know i really believed it too i wasn't i really believed that that they just didn't do enough and Mm -hmm. they they could bring him back so that denial is just it is you know so strong when it comes to a loved one so i can't imagine if it was my kid you know i would be like never wanting to believe i could i could feel this guy's pain you know
0: i hear that but uh Hey, I'm going to pause you there for a second. I think there's a, uh, something we need to, need to kind of piggyback on off that last segment about your father-in-law. Okay. I mean, you said something about your father, and not to, you know, use you here, but... What? Do you know where you can find out about your father?
1: Yeah, if anybody wants to hear the real deal, the real story about my father and what well, went on, I shouldn't even call him my father, but... Yeah. And it's on patreon.com yeah. forward slash Murder incorporate. And
0: that is a story. You know, I mean, it, it tears apart some wounds and it, it's definitely emotional. Yeah, but that was you, emotional. If you, uh, if you want to hear about that, go on Patreon, check it out. That's you a know? good idea, man. Yeah. We have a lot of good stuff on there so far and we're putting more on as, as we yes, go. Yes, we will. hundred percent. Yeah. We got to find a new one. Actually, we just finished Cunanan, um, and, uh, yeah. And if you want to write us and you got any ideas or whatnot, you could always write us too.
1: Yes, you can write us at Murder Incorporated Pod at gmail.com. Yep. And our secretary will get back to you. No, I'm just kidding. We will get back to you. <laughs> i do not <have> a secretary. <laughs> I, don't know. I just want to sound like big your time,
0: buddy. <laughs> you're my secretary.
1: <laughs> yeah, we're each other's secretary. It's perfect. Yep. Yep. But Check yeah, if you want to support too. us, you know what I mean? It's a lot of work doing the podcast, and we really appreciate it. If you can. That'd be cool if you can't. Anyway, we love you just the same.
0: And uh, just to put it out there, too, we are donating 10% of our profits. Yes. Which uh, I think it's time to make another donation. Yeah. Um, I could probably do another $15 or $20 donation. Yep, And that goes to? The Cold Case
1: Foundation. Yep. Which is really awesome. You know, it really is. If you want to give your money to somebody, these people are really working hard to solve a lot of cold cases. And they have solved cold cases. Yep. So it's a real deal.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Help us. Help us, help them. Yes, yep. and, and uh, check keep our, the lights on. As they say, exactly. Check out our YouTube. You yeah. know, yes, and, definitely check out our YouTube. Yeah, we're getting up there, almost to one hundred.
1: And like if we, I
0: think I saw sixty-six last time, so that's two-thirds there.
1: That's two-thirds there, and that's sixty-six percent. I am with And when we get to a hundred, okay, it's a big number for us. Okay, it's been we've been doing this podcast for ten years, <laughs> so we want to get to a hundred. <laughs> And if we get to a hundred, buddy, what are we going to do? We're going to raffle off a basket,
0: but not just any basket.
1: Who certified this basket to be whose basket? So, John Pope, or the Pope, John Alexander the <laughs> Third, he gave us a certificate of authenticity that this, people, people, get a pen and paper. This is the basket that Jesus floated down the river, and then, and then Noah grabbed him, and <laughs> He made it. helped him be Jesus. But this is the basket, okay? This is not some bull crap you get at Target. You cannot buy this at Target, okay? Target doesn't have it. Only us. That's probably where we'll buy it. We will not. We're going to the Vatican, buddy. That's right. We already have it. <laughs> so it'll be a cool raffle, you know? We'll get yeah. some merch and stuff that we'll definitely, when we get to Hunter, get stuff that nobody has gotten before. Right, buddy?
0: Yeah. It's a good yeah, idea. Absolutely.
1: All right, back to the story. Unless you have anything else, buddy.
0: No, that's it. I just I, I I pumped us enough. I
1: think. Yeah, that was good. That was good. We never do anymore. So. I know. <laughs> um, oh, also, I might as well just say this uh, while we're so off-topic. Um, if you want to leave us a review on uh, wherever you're listening, it does help us. It's yeah, free. Yeah, some love, free way to help. We love hearing it. Huh? Yep. Only good ones though. We don't. We don't put up with that bad <laughs> dude, crap. All right. So
0: yeah, uh, put a bad one. We. <laughs> Carlos, <laughs> like, shut up. <laughs> if, you, if you put a bad one, you know, we'll we'll, we'll pump it on here. We'll, we'll we'll make fun of you. Don't worry. Oh yeah, if you good or bad, you you'll know about it on the next <laughs> episode.
1: <laughs> so, the bodies of David Hillegeist and Gregory Mally Winkle had accidentally, but even sent to Atlanta, Georgia. Their bodies. Oh really? Not only were they sent to Atlanta, Georgia, on accident, they were buried as Jerry and Donald Waldrop. What? Oh, my God. So it's several weeks before they figured out, you know, what was going on. The medical examiner had a tough time sorting these boys out. Oh, yeah, I could see that. But Fred Hellegeist is like, well, you could excuse a mistake or two. No, you can't. Not if you bury the wrong freaking place. Yeah. These people are saints. I'm too, I'm too, like, you know, okay.
0: I mean, you have that many bones. I guess I, I could see where it could get screwed up. Is it a tragic thing? Absolutely.
1: I, to, I guess if, if this was the only thing, yeah. then yeah, I would be like, yeah. 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 But amongst all the other crap, it's like, right, Jesus.
0: Exactly. Just add another thing to the pile.
1: All right. Mary West was in her apartment. And, you know, she's writing a letter, buddy. You know who Mary West is, right? Dean Corll's mom. Yes. Yeah. And I think it's important to read this because it's, it's 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 this is heartwarming. So, we do not say that there's no evil experience. Evil is not an entity. But the misuse of a power... Which in itself is good. We shall never know the nature of good by dissecting the nature of evil. The police, the news reports, the TV reporters, the psychiatrists are trying very hard to convince the world that Dean Coral was a homosexual, a sadistic murderer. No, no, no. Dean Coral was good. Mm, What are you smoking, lady? Yeah. Not a goody good that hides behind a title, a church, or a philosophy. He was basically good, he never spread rumors. He never made up no lies, and he didn't choose his friends. He, his friends, they chose him.
0: Oh, of course! I mean, that's that's every mother, you know, that has bad kid. It's like, it's not my kid's fault. It's their friends, you know. Yeah. He moved
1: ten times in one year. I, I think it was like two or three. Period. However, when the boys started getting to him, he moved on. So he was trying to get away from these boys. You know. Okay. They did not mind his movie. They always found him. And the boat shed was always at their disposal at all times. So she's trying to blame you, too. Yeah. The police found no bodies in any place where he lived or worked. Try as they may, which they didn't try, but. Did they tell the reporters that they found a dead dog that Dean had lovingly buried in the backyard?
0: <laughs> Probably killed.
1: Did they put the dog back where Dean had buried him? What did they do? Or does it matter? Without trial, with no heeds to the people who really know Dean, he has to go down in history. As a sadistic murderer. That's because he was. I never heard Dean use the Lord's name in vain, not once.
0: That's, that's, oh my, he's, he's a saint. He is a
1: saint. Nobody has ever heard him curse the Lord's name. Think about that, buddy.
0: That's right. I mean, really, think about that. Like, you know, the thing is, is that she could be right. I agree. And and I was thinking that as she's saying that, like, who who the heck knows? You're, nobody knows at all. The, D- the D- thing, Dean's dead. He, he can't tell a story. Yeah. Yeah. And the two could have collaborated on a story and just said, let's just blame Dean on it. I do believe David Brooks is, like, that he didn't kill anybody. No, For no, some I, reason, I, I just believe him. I, I got that feeling, too. But, I mean, we don't know. No. And Wayne is just so sociopath. Uh, so so yeah. It's just like they
1: could 100%, like, I'm not saying Dean was innocent. Was yeah. it? it could be 80% Elmer Wayne Henley, 20% yeah. Dean. It really yeah. could. It could be. It really could be. It's just like we will never freaking know. Mm. I mean, do I think that that's the case? No, I don't. I think yeah. Dean was a hundred percent the agitator, you know. And yeah. I think that he a hundred percent had another Almer Wayne Henley before Almer Wayne Henley. Yeah, you know, there is way more than twenty-seven, in my opinion. But I am saying that that you don't know. You yeah. can say all you want.
0: I mean, Dean definitely showed the. uh, I mean, he he was invo- inviting all the boys over, and you know, being the the kind of creepy older man that. Yeah. yeah. It fits into a serial killer, sort of. Oh, yeah, definitely. So, it does... It fits Dean's MO, you know? But... Yeah. I don't know. But it's like, we'll you, never know. You don't know, exactly.
1: I really wish he had not killed him. Just shot him and maimed him, you know, and we found out still. I yeah. think his story would be very different if he to- if he talked, you know.
0: Oh, yeah. Well, no, they may have not found him if they didn't kill him. Yeah, that's true. That's true.
1: Yeah. It's sad.
0: Which is weird, though, because... I mean, they have got rid of bodies before. Why wouldn't they just get rid of Dean's body? I think because the girl was
1: there, and it could be because the girl yeah. was there. But because the girl said, "I'm not." This is not an exact quote, but like when, when Dean let Elmer Henley loose of the of the shackles, yeah, and he wanted them, he wanted them to torture, or he wanted him to torture them with him. Yeah, she said to him right before he grabbed the gun, she said to him, "You told me today." To live for myself and not for anybody else. How am I going to do that now? And that's when he grabbed the gun. In. So I think that he had feelings for her in a way that, that. so it's like he had the feelings where maybe he's like, I got to call the cops. What am I going to do? You know, that she's not, she won't hold it down, whatever. And then he's not going to kill her if he's got feelings for her. Yeah, I don't think he was going to kill her. But I, I would love to know how well, it was really, well, what really went on. Mm-hmm. And it, we could find out a lot more. And these freaking cops would go digging. Yeah. They're, to this day, buddy. I mean, come on. You can find at
0: least more names and whatnot. I don't they
1: did, with DNA, found, like, whoever they thought these bones were, they found out they were them. Yeah. So, and everybody they did find, it was identified. So, that's good. Mm-hmm. But, and, like, stories that David Brooks told through DNA, they held up, you know? So, it's like, but that Wayne is just dirty as a son of a gun. Right?
0: I mean, no one likes FUD, so... No,
1: nobody does. I don't think anybody does. I've never seen a tattoo of fun. (laughs) You're right. (laughs) So, Elmer Wayne Henley and David Owen Brooks were tried separately for the roles in the murders. Henley was brought to trial in San Antonio on July 1st, 1974. And he was only charged with six murders committed between March 1972 and July of 1973. Okay. And they, they called dozens of witnesses. I'm sorry, I, I spaced out. Who who are you talking about right now? I'm Rowan Henley. God, I'm terrible. <laughs> so they called dozens of witnesses, including Tim Curley, and a youth uh, named Billy Rittinger. And he had been lured to Coral's house by Henley, and Brooks and Coral were there. And this is in 1972. Uh-huh. Ridinger testified that at Coral's house, he was tied to Coral's torture Mm board and sexually assaulted repeatedly and then
0: he was released so he's one of the ones that got away yeah one of the few so that's crazy and i bet you'd never talked about it yeah but it's one of those things you just especially that that age yeah it's like one fourth or, or like three fourths of rapes go yeah yeah Go un- yeah, that's true. Untalked about because people don't want to talk about it. Oh, especially if you're molesting a boy.
1: Yeah, I, I can't. That's even higher than women, now, for sure. Yeah, not being reported. Yeah, a lot of the doubt.
0: whole the whole masculinity, you know. Yeah. yeah, yeah, definitely.
1: And it's easier to turn on a stranger that rapes you than it is yeah. your uncle,
0: right? Yeah.
1: So why is it always got to be the uncle? Can't it can't be the aunt. Yeah, you know those good-looking aunts never want never want nothing to do with you. You know. It's like, it's always a like creepy uncle. you <laughs> <I> know, right? <laughs> um, so, other testimony that came from police officers who read from Henley's written statements. In one part of his confession, Henley talked about luring two of the boys that he was tra- actually charged with at trial, mm-hmm. Charles Cobble and Marty Jones, and this was to Coral's Pasadena house. Henley had confessed that Jones was tied up to a board and forced to watch Cobble be assaulted. Tortured and shot to death.
0: Jesus.
1: Before he himself was raped, tortured, and strangled. Oh my God. I mean, it's bad enough to be raped and killed, but tortured, come on. Yeah. So these two young boys were killed on July twenty seventh, nineteen seventy-three, two days after they had been reported missing. Jeez. Several victims' parents like had to leave the courtroom because they were just losing it. When oh, the medical yeah. examiners are Talking about them being tortured and murdered. Oh, I couldn't even imagine that. No, thank you. No, but there must not have been a dry eye in that courtroom, <laughs> other than Elmore and Henley.
0: I can't imagine the. D. I think everyone would need a puke bucket. Yeah, no, I
1: wouldn't. It really is like crazy. You think about like even judges, you know, having to hear that. Yeah, everybody's got tears in their eyes except for the one that did it. Yeah, it doesn't even give a shit. A hundred percent. Throughout the trial, the state introduced a total of eighty-two pieces of evidence. Including Coral's torture board and one of the boxes that he used to transport the victims. Inside the box, police had found hair, which examiners had concluded came from Charles Gobble. Mm-hmm. And now, upon advice from his defense, Henley did not take to the stand to testify about this. His defense attorney did cross examine several witnesses, but did not call any witnesses or experts for the defense. Now, on July 16th, 19, 19- so oh, you have some. No. Okay. On July 16th, 1974, Henley was sentenced to six consecutive 99-year terms. Six of them, huh? So, Buddy's really good at math. How many... What's six times 99, Buddy? Um,
0: Five hundred and... I don't know, 93?
1: Okay. Exactly. So, there you go. Henley appealed against his sentence in conviction, saying that the jury in his first trial had not been sequestered at all. His attorney's objection to news media being present in the courtroom had been overruled, and citing that his defense team's attempts to present evidence in the initial trial should not have been in San Antonio. So, long story short, um, he's going to do however many years, Buddy said 593. 593 years. David Brooks was brought to trial on February 27th, Buddy. Buddy's favorite day of the year, 1975. It is. It is now. <laughs> <laughs> Brooks had been indicted for four murders committed between December 1970 and June of
0: 1973.
1: Okay. But was brought to trial only with the 1973 murder of 15-year-old Billy Ray Lawrence. So he got hit with one murder? Yeah. He got charged with, but only went to trial for the one. Okay. So there must have been something to do that. He must have pleaded. I mean, they had all their confessions, so it's really a, the trial's like, you know. I mean, it's kind of like a farce, you know, because they confess everything. There's no way right. they're getting out of it, but I just, right. I've never heard anybody do it, so that's why I just want to do it, to be honest. Okay. Um, B- Brooks defense attorney, Jim Skelton, argued that his client had not committed any of the murders. And he, like, tried to portray Coral and to a degree Henley as being the, the ones that are doing all the murders, the right. actual killings. Right. Assistant District Attorney Tommy Dunn dismissed the defense's contention outright. At one point, telling the jury, this defendant was in on the murders. He was in on the murderous rampage from the very beginning. He attempted to inform you he was a cheerleader, if nothing else. If that's what he's telling you, you know he was in on it. Which I have to agree.
0: I agree, too. I don't think he
1: did. I don't think he killed anybody, though. I don't think he did either. He's just as guilty.
0: Yeah, if he's not doing anything, you know.
1: Like, if you lure somebody... If you were to lure me somewhere and somebody else killed me...
0: It's still... It's got to be the yeah, same, it's, right? It's, it's yeah. still on you, yeah. Your accomplice, at least. All right. Um, For about 90 minutes. Before they reached
1: a verdict. What do you think, buddy?
0: Uh, let's see. This is innocent. a toss-up.
1: Innocent. So he's found innocent. No. <laughs> he's found guilty of the Lawrence murder on March 4th, 1975. Okay. And he was sentenced to life in prison. Okay. The, but with the possibility of parole. Okay. He showed no emotion as the sentence was passed. Brooks also appealed against his sentence, contending that the signed confession used against him were taken without him being informed of his legal rights. And this was fully dismissed all the way up, you know, uh-huh. May nineteen seventy nine. So they're doing life sentences. Okay. And so, buddy, they're both they're both done for, okay? I know this is upsetting for you, but
0: I really thought they were gonna get away with.
1: Sorry. So, that is the end of Dean Coral. But not the end, because I want to talk to Buddy about it, but it's the end of these mother refers.
0: I can't say that I'm not upset that it's the end. (laughs) I've been waiting for this guy to just go down and... uh, This was a hard one. It was a hard one. Like It's cool... Not cool.
1: That's not the right word. It is interesting how it really... I mean, this is times however many killed, even multiplied even more, but like when one murder... How many people it just touches when one person's gone, and you know, like if you were gone tomorrow, how many people would just be freaking a wreck? Yeah, and then yeah. to to do that, this whole they probably still haven't recovered.
0: Oh, yeah, I wouldn't think so,
1: and especially because there's people that have children out there that are missing and they won't go dig up bodies. Yeah, yeah absolutely, I just can't believe this.
0: That's oh, what 50 years later, 1970,
1: 40, uh, it was like 41 and 42 years later. Yeah, they were saying.
0: Something like that. 40-something. And I do have good
1: news. I know I'm delaying it because I, I can't remember. I don't know why. I can't remember which one. You have good news? I really do have good news. Okay. David Owen Brooks has died. Ah, uh, yes. I fucking killed him. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, he <laughs> is, is dead, Brown,
1: bro. He, is, he really is dead. Was he murdered in jail? No, he died of COVID-19. Really? It's like just when you think it's a myth, somebody dies. That you know, you're like... <laughs>
0: It's is not a myth, buddy. Wow, he died of COVID nineteen, huh? Yep, not soon enough. No, not soon enough. Well, I guess he, he did get to live in jail for a while and be, you know, hopefully tortured.
1: I mean, those guys can't would have been, oh yeah, hated. Oh yeah, so they had to been, and that is torture. Like, ask anybody that's done it. Solitary confinement is torture. Yeah, you know, is that what he was in? Yeah. Oh yes, yeah. he's a celebrity. Definitely, you know, I think that something you're out like one or two hours a day. You know, there's there's no way of putting you with the other people yeah unless they did put him with like other whatever but i know of like every person i've ever heard of that is like a celebrity serial killer is yeah. by themselves yeah because it would just gain somebody so much traction to just smash your head in the wall oh yeah absolutely so i'm so glad that he died you know yeah. that would maybe give somebody some peace hopefully elmer and henley will go soon
0: so he's still alive then huh
1: yeah and they do they it's like they're so scummy i don't even know of a worst word you know but like they go for their appeals every time. It's like, why? Yeah. Look what you did. You des- You think you deserve yeah, freedom? Exactly.
0: No, of course they, they didn't. They don't think they did anything wrong.
1: They'll never get out. I mean, well, he's dead, but I mean, Albert Wayne Henley will never get out. He's in Texas. He didn't get out.
0: Oh, yeah. Wow. Surprised he didn't get the chair.
1: Yeah. I, I wonder if they didn't have it at the time. Yeah. You know, I, I can't imagine. That's
0: a good question. Yeah. I should have looked it up.
1: Oh, I'm gonna have to talk to our research team. This is bullshit. I,
0: know, I, I I tried to fire him, but
1: he he just wouldn't leave. Yeah. He's a tricky one. He's a tricky one. <laughs> And it's hard to pick him up and move him because he's so freaking big, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but um, thank you, everyone. That is a Patreon. It really means a lot to us. Yes, thank you. Teresa, we love you. Teresa, yes. Becky, thank you. Becky we love you.
0: Yep.
1: Sam, Sam, we love you. Mm-hmm. And we definitely appreciate every single one of you like yes. When we started this, you know, if you had told us that we'd have whatever it has been totally eight, ten, whatever, Patreon, people that... Not from the money, like we're not. It's not you know we're not trying to get rich. It's we put a lot of time and effort into it. That's really is a show of appreciation, right? Yeah, I, mean,
0: I agree. I agree. And these people that stick with us, and yeah, even even our old Patreons, you know, when we we're yeah. having some problems, and you know, it's it, we still appreciate you.
1: A hundred percent, a hundred percent. You know, and when we get to a million Patreons, okay, when we get to a hundred on YouTube, right, we're mm-hmm. gonna do the basket. Yeah, we're auctioning off. Jesus Christ himself, when we get to a million patrons, <laughs> we have his ashes, <laughs> and we're not not—we're going to grab him, and we're going to give him to whoever, and so you have to go with them. No. So, it's pretty exciting stuff we got going on. Yeah, I don't
0: know about that. And how's everything with you, buddy? People want to know. Everything is decent. I just got back from a cruise. I just it? found out that I'm not a cruise person. So, it, it was, I mean, it was fun, but, you know, I am not a cruise person. I wonder if I would, you think I would be? <sighs> no. Yeah, I mean, especially if you're not drinking. That's exactly it. Did that's, you drink? Oh yeah, we had the drink package, man. I was drinking all the time. Did you get? Drunk? I'm not even a big drinker. Not really. You just drank no. a little bit. And they did not skimp on the booze. If you really? had a drink, if you had a drink, it was like here's a, here's a giant shot. Here's your your mix, whatever. Here's another shot on top of it.
1: Really? That was your drinks. <laughs> so did did you have to tip? No.
0: Really? No. You didn't feel bad not tipping? All, all the tips were uh, included in our. So they got tips. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, and we left. We left our. Uh, we left a pretty big tip for our room guy because the room guy was amazing. He would. What uh, did I do? He would uh, every every night. Um, he would end up making these towel animals. I can show you pictures of them. But they're just. He just takes t- uh, towels and he turns them into what looks like real stuffed animals. Just with towels. Well, that's really cool. It's, it's awesome. He that's did a, really He cool. did, My daughter was so excited. What animals are you gonna do tonight? What animals do gonna do that tonight? That is really cool. Yeah, that so, is really cool. Yeah, so we we left some indecent decent. Those today. guys work hard. You know they don't have any days off. They work seven no, days a yeah. week. No, yeah, I asked him about that. He was like, "No, no, no, I work from uh, what he said like like five to five or no, no, he said he works from like five in the morning to like nine at night. Really? Something like that.
1: It That's was crazy. crazy. Yeah, I mean, they're are there, like, there's if you wanted to go in the middle of the night, you could get food or no?
0: Oh yeah, oh, so oh, it's yeah. open twenty four seven. There was twenty four hour places. Um, and the pools are open twenty four seven. No, no, the, pool the hot tub. Uh, I think the hot tub might have been.
1: I've heard that uh, the hot tubs are. Hot I mean, I don't know about be.
0: all of them, but. I always wanted to go on a cruise, you know. Yeah, next time if but, I ever go on a cruise, it's gonna be, you know, just me and my wife, or me and you will go on one. That I would be awesome. We
1: could have fun. Yeah, we could. We could make it fun. Yeah. The last one would be sweet. That, would be, that awesome. would be like something to bring a real camera and get some awesome
0: pictures, you know. Yeah. And um, yep. Yeah, buddy's in school. He's almost done. I got one more semester. Hopefully, I can finish that without a problem. We'll see. And then Harley's just starting. I only have. Let me do the math here really quick. I
1: only have 20 more semesters. I'll be done. There you go. That's it. 20. That's it. That's nothing. That's 20 nothing. more semesters.
0: Nothing. Yeah.
1: And, uh, school's going good, though. I've been getting good grades, not to brag, but
0: I was really nervous, you know, because. Yeah, he's been getting 110s and then he yeah. gets 100 and he cries about it, you know? Yeah. It's like, really? <laughs> no, I, I appreciate it. I, I understand why you're, you know. Yeah. I mean, I, I understand. I'm only busting you. No, I know. I know.
1: And I'm really excited about school. It's going good. Thank God. And, you know, I'll be able to
0: help people. You're going to blow right through school. I hope so. I hope so. Um, What else is
1: going on? Oh. Oh, I got something for you, Son
0: of a Biscuits. I got a really good one. Hold on. So why did the cow go to Los Angeles? Why? To see movie stars. (laughs) Oh, my God. That is funny.
1: That is a good one. All right. You ready, buddy? Yep. Oh, this is a good one. What do cows say when they run out of milk? I don't know. Nothing. It is utterly silent. Ah! <laughs> oh, man. That was thank you to Rebecca and her sons.
0: She yes. sent that one in. What do they call a a cow that gives honey? Gives honey? What? A booby. No, that, <laughs> that wasn't right at all. I couldn't remember it. But the end of it is booby. When Chuck Norris
1: enters a room, he doesn't turn the lights on, he turns the dark off. <laughs> That's horrible. I got another horrible one. Buddy. What? Chuck Norris is the reason why Waldo is hiding. <laughs> <laughs> Those are pretty good. Those are pretty good. <laughs> Alright. Um you
0: have anything else to say, buddy? Um just uh, you know, take the time, to tell the ones you hold dear that you love them. And bye. Hi, welcome to The Jury Room, a true crime podcast. My name is Kevin, and I will be your host on this journey. We will be covering some of the most heinous, some of the most unthinkable, and some of the most monstrous crimes to ever be committed against humanity. We will be covering cannibalistic serial killers, decades-old unsolved mysteries, cold cases, missing person cases and everything in between the jury room podcast is available on most major podcasting platforms please make sure you go subscribe and leave a review